The following audio is from West Pines Community Church. For more information about West Pines, visit us online at westpines.org. You can join us live Sunday mornings at 9, 10, 30, or 12 in Pembroke Pines, Florida, or online at westpines.org. I want you to think about, in our culture, when we greet each other, it's kind of like a, a reflex. We don't actually really think through. It's not an actual, not actual literal questions that we're asking. It's just kind of a polite uh, interchange between two people. If, if someone says, hey, how you doing? We just say, hey, fine, how you doing? You know, it's not, it's not an actual real question. It's just kind of a reflex. We just respond like that. And it's, it's just kind of this empty kind of pleasantry. And that's fine. It's just being polite. Um, but that actually got me in, in trouble um, not too long ago. I have a, a friend and um, he had just gone through a heart surgery. And um, I was like, man, I got to check in on him. And so I, I called him up. And when he picked up the phone, I just kind of went through the, the motions. I'm like, hey, man, how are you? It's quiet for a second. He says, well, not so good. My heart was just in the open air, okay? And not really doing that. Human beings were touching the organ inside my chest. So not that good. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that's probably a dumb question. And um, that kind of greeting that we have for each other, it's just kind of a reflex, right? We don't really think about it as they're almost like empty phrases. It's just us really kind of being polite with each other. And we're going to look at, in part of the New Testament, we're looking at this one book of the Bible, and there's a greeting in there. And it's, if you're reading through this part of the Bible, you may just kind of jump right over that greeting. You may just kind of read through it like it's pleasantries, like it's kind of empty. But we're going to stop and say, okay, I don't think it's empty. And we're going to stop and unpack this greeting. Because what we're going to find, that greeting is actually very powerful. And it speaks out of this, what we might assume was just kind of a, a spiritual kind of pleasantry. It's something speaks out of that. It actually reverberates to our lives today, and whatever is brewing in your life right now, whatever is, is the drama in this chapter of your life, like whatever that thing is that's kind of right now in the back of your head that when you walked in this morning, you're, you're kind of thinking about it as you're driving to church, and, and it's kind of there, it's the conversation you've been maybe having with your spouse or your friend or your mentor or, or whoever it is, whatever that drama is in your life, whatever that thing is that as the year passed, it's like, okay, it's new year, I'm going to dig in this year, and I'm going to do this different, uh, this, is, this is the thing I'm going to grab onto, and I'm going to strive to make better, I'm going to grab the bull by the horns this year on this issue whatever that is brewing in our lives, the drama in this chapter of your life, this speaks directly into that. Let's check this out. It's in the book of Colossians. The book is called Colossians. It's in, uh, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can open to Colossians. It's also going to be up here on the screens as well. And we're going to look at the very beginning of this book called Colossians. Let's start in chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Now let's just stop right here. This is the beginning of a letter. Most of, many of the books in the New Testament, we call them books in the New Testament in the Bible, they're actually letters. And there, a lot of them are written, and the title of them, what we call the title of them, like Colossians or Corinthians or Romans, they're named for the recipients. 
So in this case, it's called Colossians because it's written to a church in the ancient Greek city of Colossae. And that city today is in ruins. It doesn't still stand, but it was an actual city. And there is a church there. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing this, this letter to these Christians there. And the way that they format letters in antiquity, ancient letters, is not unlike how we format our emails. So I want you to think of when you open up an email, the thing at the very top says who it's from. It says their email address. You see who it's from. Then you see um, that it's to me. I see my email address there. And then usually they'll have some kind of greeting. Hey, it's been a long time since we talked. Hope all, all is well. And then they get right into the body of the email. And it's the very same thing you're going to see in a lot of these ancient letters. Kind of the formula for an ancient letter is it would start and it'd say, from so-and-so. They sign it first. They say, this is Paul and Timothy. This is who it's from. We're writing to you, you Christians, this church in Colossae. We're writing to you, Colossians. Okay, it says who it's from. And now I want you to see the way they greet them. Kind of the, hey, I hope all is well with you. Haven't talked in a long time. Say hello to your family. I want you to see the greeting, that line that they say next. Because this is where we're going to hang a little bit. Look at this, Colossians 1. This is the second part of verse 2. Look what he says, very simply. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now this might be one of those sentences that maybe you've, uh, you've been reading the Bible on your own. Maybe you're saying, okay, I'm trying to follow after Jesus. I know that a, a, a way that I can stay connected to God and learn about God is to read the Bible on my own. And so you pick up your Bible and you're reading along. You open to a, to a book like Colossians and you're kind of like, okay, this is all the unnecessary stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from Paul to the Colossians. Hi, how you doing? Hope you're well. And you're like, okay, let's get to the good stuff. And you kind of read right through that. I know that's the temptation for me. You kind of see that. It's like, okay, Paul's kind of a spiritual guy. He's just kind of heaping a lot of church language on them. He's saying, hey, this is Paul. And, you know, I just, I wish all the blessings from the holy sovereign God of the universe. And he's just kind of heaping these kind of churchy spiritual words. And he's just kind of tossing them on top of them. It's just kind of his greeting. He's being spiritual. And then he's going to get to the, to the meat of it. But what if I told you This exact greeting, grace and peace to you, what if I told you that that exact phrase is in almost every letter in the Bible? What if I told you that exact formula is in almost every letter in the New Testament specifically? What if I told you that 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 is so common that that might be the most repeated phrase in the entire New Testament? Like, let me give you an example. Let me just kind of talk through some of the examples in here. Okay, Um, the letter to the Romans. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a letter to the people in Rome. How about the people in uh, Corinth? Another letter in the Bible. Grace to you and peace. Another letter to the Corinthians. The second one. Grace to you and peace. Galatians. Grace to you and peace. Ephesians. Grace to you and peace. To the Philippians. Grace to you and peace. 1 Thessalonians. Grace to you and peace. 2 Thessalonians. Grace to you and peace. Over and over and over. That's in the both letters to a guy named Timothy, a letter to a guy named Titus, a letter to a guy named Philemon. Peter wrote two letters. He wrote, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. John wrote a letter. He said it in Second John. Revelation, the letter of Revelations. It's in there. This phrase, grace to you, grace and peace to you, this greeting, this blessing, is in 
almost every single letter in the New Testament. So think about this. This is multiple different authors. This is being sent to places all over the world. This is being sent over to Rome and Greece, over into Asia. I mean, this is being sent everywhere. This is in letters that are just open letters circulating through the global church. This phrase, you could say, is the Christian greeting. It's the Christian blessing. You could almost say it is circulated globally in the first generation, this first generation of Christians have this phrase that they've been using. It is, it's, like, it's almost like you could say, this is like the ancient, this is an ancient phrase that went viral. All these different authors in this first generation church, all these different locations, all these different churches using this phrase. Okay, so this isn't just an empty pleasantry. This isn't just a cultural thing. This is infiltrated deeply into the fabric of the culture of this first generation church. Now let me add something else to you. This isn't just a pretty phrase. Now let me remind you at this also what the Bible claims about itself. The Bible claims that it is the word of God. It is breathed out by God. And every single word is intentional from God. So we see a phrase like this, it might be our instinct says, oh, he's being nice. Oh, I hope you have lots of grace and peace and blessings and joy and happiness from God. Okay, it's just Jesus. All right, let's move on. Let's get to the meat of it. We'll just pause for a second. This, you could argue, might be one of the most significant phrases in the entire New Testament. So what does this mean? This isn't just a pretty phrase. This might be the Christian greeting, the Christian blessing. So let's break this apart. You've got two components to this. They're pronouncing on them Grace and peace. Let's break this up. And I want to start with this word, peace. Let's start with this idea of peace. Now, let me remind you that um, the authors of most of the New Testament, the apostles of this first-generation Christians, the leaders of the church, they're Jewish Christians, remember? So they're coming out of a Jewish context, and this idea of peace is very significant. In fact, when it comes to a greeting... The word peace is not a surprise as part of a greeting. Because in Jewish culture, there is this this concept, this word, that is very significant in that culture. It's the word shalom. And in the Jewish culture, and it's significant in the Old Testament, they would greet each other by saying shalom. That's the way they would, it's like the way they'd say hello and goodbye. They'd say shalom to each other, and it's this word that means peace. Now, okay, we've we got to expand on what we mean by peace because we can use peace in a lot of different ways, right? Peace is, is sometimes we use peace, for example, we can use the word peace to mean calm, serene. Those of you who know me, you know that um, I am not a very outdoorsy kind of person. I believe that God blessed us as a generation with air conditioning, I think it's actually ungrateful to spend long periods of time outside of the air conditioning. And who am I to be ungrateful to God for that blessing? So I'm not very outdoorsy. But one of the most outdoorsy things that I ever did was a friend of mine. He and his, uh, his extended family, his uncles and cousins and his, his dad and brothers, they, uh, they have, their whole family has this ranch up in middle Florida. And they have like a house there. And um, they, they were going to go hunting. And so they, I don't know why they thought of me, but my buddy said, um, 
hey, you, you want to go, go with us? We're going hunting. And I said, is the house of air conditioning? He says, yes. I'm like, I'm in. I'll go. So we drive up to Middle Florida, and we get there, and it's just, I mean, this is um, Middle Florida, hundreds of acres. This, this property is beautiful. Um, and um, so we go out in the morning, and uh, there, we're hunting turkey, and then we come back, and then they're doing other activities, you know, during the day. And one, one day they're like, um, we're going to go kind of out explore. There's a part of the, uh, this, uh, the property that's like swamp area, and so we're going to go into the swamp and kind of explore. And I'm like, okay, enjoy it. And they're like... Um, well, we're all going. Do you want to go? Oh, you mean where the wild animals and stuff can attack you? And they're like, yeah, we're going. I'm, oh, okay, yeah, yes, let's go. We're going to go into the wilderness. Let's do this. And so um, we go out, and we're wandering through, literally in the swamp, okay? Like, we're wading through opaque water, okay, that's, like, up to here. And I'm wandering through, and I'm like, you know, everything that touches me, I'm like, it's a water moccasin. Okay, it's, get away. I'm trying not to shriek uh, very effeminately. And... Uh, we're going through this, and there's all this brush. I mean, we are miles away from any kind of civilization, and the entire thing is just this canopy of trees. And, and we get to this one part, and we go, and we, we pull back these branches, and we enter in to this. It's kind of a clearing, but it's just all this water. It's like this open space of water, and rimming the entire place are these cypress trees that are just jutting out and creating this canopy, and this water was just completely still like a mirror, and it was just this raw, virgin Florida wilderness, and all of a sudden, just the, all of us, just instinctively, we just stopped, and just no one made a sound, no one made a move, we just took in, I mean, the only way I can describe how beautiful it was, just ruggedly picturesque and beautiful, it was just, it was like peace, serene. I think I shrieked at one point because of a water moccasin and ruined it, but up until that, it was just peace. Okay, when we think of this word peace, one, one way we use it is like this calm, serene, but we use peace in other ways. I mean, there's kind of like the hippie peace, like can't we all just get along and accept each other and just, you know, let's just have a hug of war, okay? Just we just love everybody. Okay, there's like that kind of peace. Okay, then there's like the formal kind of peace, like a ceasefire kind of peace. So when we, when we say shalom, when this ancient Jewish culture would say shalom, they would pronounce this blessing on each other. What are they talking about? Which, which kind of peace are they meaning when they say shalom, when it's pronounced on them? And really, when you're talking about this idea of shalom, and you, and you see how it's defined in the textures of the Old Testament, you see that, that all of those descriptions are not yet even close to what this idea is. It's like all of those and then some. Like this idea of shalom, this pronouncement of peace, is a very rich blessing on each other because it's talking about this wholesale completeness and wholeness in your life. It's talking almost like everything is right in your world. It's just talking about this thorough wellness of your body, of your mind, of your spirit. It's your world is blessed. It's just this, and not just in materialistic, financial, shallow ways. It's just this thorough, deep down satisfaction of your soul 
kind of peace. It's like that peace, that calm, that serenity. It's in your soul, but it reverberates out the concentric circles of your life so that you have this wholesale wholeness and completeness in your life. And that's, that richness is what they're pronouncing on each other when they see each other. And honestly, when you think about that, I mean, just kind of get close to that idea here for a second because I would argue that's what our souls are aching for. What's brewing in your life right now? What is that? What's the drama in this chapter of your life? What's the thing? What's the, what's the part of this story that is the thing you're working through and wrestling through and praying through and talking through or struggling with or doubting with? What's the drama in your life? As I bet if you followed it back to its core, it's your soul crying out for shalom, wholeness, and peace. And there's something fracturing that in your life. It might be something in your world. Your world right now is storming. It's the circumstances of your world. Something externally, circumstantially that's leaving you uh, fearful, panicky, frustrated, angry, disappointed. Maybe it's your job. You're like, man, I I don't have a job right now. It's my problem. I I need a job. God, why haven't you provided me a job? Maybe you're saying, no, my problem is I have a job and my job is a problem. I hate my job. I'd love to have any other job. I'd rather have no job than this job, but I have to have a job. And so, like, I, I hate this job. And maybe you say, well, I, I actually like my job, but I hate my boss. It's my boss. I have a good job, but I hate my boss. You might say, I love my job and my boss. I hate my coworkers. It's my coworkers that just drive me not nuts. You say, okay, I have a job. I like my job, my boss, my coworkers, but this commute is killing me. I cannot do this commute anymore. I like my job. I like my boss. I like my coworkers. I like the commute, but I'm not getting paid. I hate my salary, okay? It's like it might be something brewing in the circumstances of your life, and it's, and it's, just, it's, the, it's the narrative in the background that's just frustrating you, and it's, it's saying, man, my soul really reverberating out is crying out for this wholeness, this completeness, for things to just kind of come together and work together in my life to be right, but it's my world is storming. Or maybe it's not your world. Maybe it's um, your relationships. It's actually your heart. And that thing that you drove in here this morning with is a broken friendship. It's a broken relationship. And it's hurting. And you turned over to this year, 2016, God, could, could you do something in this relationship this year, please? Maybe it's your mind God, I, am, I don't know my way out. My mind is confused. I don't have answers, God. I don't know how to get out of this tangle that I'm in. You're going to have to direct me. You're going to have to give me wisdom because I don't have it. Maybe it's your body that's broken and hurting. Maybe it's that health report that came back that has just rocked you and you're, you're wondering, okay, what's, what's going on? I was not expecting that. Or maybe it's this chronic pain, this chronic illness that you're fighting off, and you're saying, okay, deep down my soul is longing, and really, my soul is expecting that this life is supposed to work and not be broken. I think our souls are more not just disappointed that life is not working together, but I think our souls are, are exp- something deep inside of us was expecting life to work together. In fact, one author named C.S. Lewis, he kind of put it like this. He said, our souls are homesick 
for this wholeness and this shalom that we're expecting. You say, okay, give me the, the good news, all right? You got me, we need that peace, I want that peace, that shalom in my soul. What's the good news? How do I get it? How do I access it? Well, here's what the Bible says. It's, um, I want to go back to Leviticus. It's a book in the Old Testament. Leviticus is the law, and if you read through Leviticus, it's just full of all of these laws and commands from God. And I want to look at, I'm just going to read, it's going to be up here, Leviticus uh, 26. This is right at the end of all these laws. It's almost the last chapter of the book. And you get right to the end, and this is what it says, 26.4. Let me read it to you. It says, then, this is God speaking, then I will give you your rains in their season. And the land shall yield its increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and your threshing shall last to the time of the grape harvest, and the grape harvest shall last to the time of the sowing, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land securely. I will give you, I will give peace in the land. Now just let's pause right there. That word peace, shalom in the ancient Hebrew. See what he's describing? He's describing all of these different things. If you kept reading on, if we kept reading on, it would be all of these different things that he's bringing into your land, all these different ways he's going to bring this blessedness into into their lives. He says, then I'll give you all types of things in your life. It's basically he's describing shalom. I'll bring this completeness and this wholeness into your life. But you notice it started with, then I will. So we know that there's going to be an if. If you do this, then I will bring you this shalom. Okay, what's the if? Let's backtrack to verse 3. This is what he says. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commands and do them, then. Can I tell you my internal struggle with this verse? That's not good news. Can I give you my internal struggle? When I hear that, I feel a little suffocated. I feel like, okay, I've got to work harder even. I mean, I I was going to dig in. I was going to try and be disciplined. I was going to really, okay, I've got to try and do better this year. But when I read that, I realize I'm standing before a holy God and I've got to be perfect. And if my soul wants this the shalom and this wholeness and this rest deep down and for things to kind of just work together in my life, if I want that, what that's saying is I've got to dig in and I've got to be perfect and I've got to be better before God and I've got to get this part right in my life and this part right in my life. And it feels like, honestly, I, God, I, I know that, that this is not your heart, but it feels like you're kind of a taskmaster where you do this and then I'll give you the shalom and the peace, but you've got to do this and I'm watching. And if I'm, if I'm honest, my internal struggle is saying it feels like God is this cosmic micromanager in my life of, oh, you missed that. Nope, you got that wrong. Nope, you need to fix this. What about this? You haven't addressed this in a couple years. You need to get that right. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. I'm going to wait until you get, sounds like he's saying, I'm going to wait until you get all this fixed up, and then I'm going to bring you the shalom. And here's the part that's the hardest for me. When I read that verse, I think it's the hardest for us, is I stop and I say, I know I can't. I know I might have everything polite on the outside, but I know it's brewing on the inside. I know my friend tells me about the victory in their life, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you, and I walk away, and I know the selfishness and the envy and the jealousy brewing inside. 
And so I hear that. I say, that's not good news. I feel weights on my shoulders. But then I say, I can't look at holy, almighty God who created me, invented me, and owns me, and owns all of this creation, and say, God, that's not fair. How dare you demand me to be obedient? And he's looking down and saying, this is the path for how humanity is supposed to thrive. He says, if you obey my statutes and my commands, then I will bring you shalom. If I'm honest, I read that, that's not good news. Can I tell you something? Shalom, peace, that's not the Christian greeting. That's not the Christian blessing that we read, is it? It's missing a piece. It's missing a word in that if we just said peace, we're missing something. What word are we missing? You see, there's a massive concept missing in this, Christian. And it's not just sprinkled in. It comes first every single time in the Bible. It doesn't just say peace to you and also you need some grace. It says grace and peace, Christian. You say, okay, tell me what this grace means. This is what grace is. I stand before God and I realize, God, I didn't obey your statutes perfectly at the end of my life. I've got sin in my heart. I've messed up and I know that I deserve your wrath. And Jesus stands next to me and he holds out his cup and he says, pour into this cup all of the wrath, exhaustively all the wrath that he deserves for all of his sins, past, present, and future, all the sins he has done, all the sins he's doing, and all the sins he will do. I want you to pour all of the wrath into this cup. And once it's poured all the wrath for me in that cup, he drinks it down to the dregs and places the cup back on the counter and says, it is finished. That's what grace is. Grace is Jesus saying, my death on the cross, the blood that I have shed, it pays for your sins. He is God in the flesh, come to earth. God saying, I'm not going to leave you in your sin. I know you can't obey my statutes and my commands, so I have another plan. His name is Jesus. Jesus comes to earth. He dies on the cross, but because he's God in the flesh, he rises again from the dead to wash you clean and to buy your eternity. Do you realize what that means, Christian? What this means is grace. It means he's removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. Christian, what this means is that God remembers your sin no more. What this means is he has exhausted the wrath of God that we deserve on the person of Jesus. That means you are declared not guilty. That means you are declared righteous in God's sight. That means he looks down at you and he has no anger left because it's expended on Jesus. And he looks on you and says, I have nothing left for you but love. You are my child. That is the Christian blessing. It is grace and peace to you. It is that Jesus bought with his life. He bought shalom for you. Christian, he, Jesus bought peace for you right now. See, your soul is longing for peace. But it's longing for a person who bought peace. It's longing for the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. You say, I hear that message, but I'm waking up tomorrow and I still have a storming world around me. I still have drama in this chapter. What, how do I have shalom? How do I have this peace? 
when I know that my, my, the circumstances of my life, I just want my life to work together. What are you promised? All things will work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You can rest in the fact that it's all working together for good. Why? Because he has nothing left for you but love because of grace. Your world may be storming, but you can have peace in your soul. Your body may be hurting, but you can have peace in your soul. Your heart may be broken, but you can have this shalom peace radiating out of you. Your mind may be confused and out of answers and entangled and not knowing where the next step to take is. And you might be all turned around and just begging God for your next step, but you can know He is breathing shalom into your soul and from your soul radiating out. You know, you are my Father. You love me. You look down at me as your cherished child that you delight in. You love me. And I know that everything is working together because you have nothing but love left for me. You purchased shalom, Jesus You purchased peace for me because the Christian blessing is grace and peace to you. What's the drama in this chapter? Can you just in your mind hold it out there before God? I want you to just take that in your mind and bring it to the forefront of your mind. What is it? Is it relational? Is it bodily? Is it circumstantial? Is it something you don't, a decision you don't know how to make? Can you just hold that out in front of God for a second? And can scripture just speak into your heart? I want you to hear this words from, from the scripture. It's from God to you. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can you breathe that into your heart? You know, you can take, can take that issue and you can say, God, you know how much I'm struggling and I'm hurting with this. So here's what I ask you. I, I don't even know what to ask, but here's my request. And I'm going to offer the request simultaneously with thanksgiving. I'm going to thank you that you already know the answer. This is not a difficult problem for you. It's difficult for me. It's impossible for me, but it's simple for you. And I'm going to thank you that you're that kind of God. I'm going to thank you that you love me that much. And I'm going to offer it up to you. And I'm going to wait for the peace that comes into my heart because I know that Jesus purchased, purchased, paid for my sin, purchased my soul. So I know you love me. You are a loving Father that delights on your child and I'm going to thank you for that and I'm going to let that peace radiate from in my soul that's inexplicable because of my circumstances. I'm going to let that peace radiate. I'm going to have shalom in my heart. Waiting for the day that my home, that my soul's homesick for, which is being in the presence of my creator. I'm going to wait for that day till I'm home. I was... Uh, playing with my daughter, Scarlett. Um, she's two and a half. And uh, I was playing with her a couple days ago. And I, I got her really, 
really riled up, okay? She was, like, really just full of energy, and I'm standing there with her. We're playing and dancing. I think there's music going, and we're, like, dancing and laughing, and she starts just standing there and just all full of energy, just full happiness on her face, this big smile. She just starts jumping up and down, and her arms are flailing, and she's jumping up and down, and, and she's kind of hopping, and, and you have to understand she has the most unimpressive vertical leap of any human on planet Earth. I mean, just all of her might. She's jumping up and down, and, and her feet maybe three-quarters of an inch off the ground, okay? Just hopping up and down. And then she just exclaims this at the top of her lungs. I have no idea where she got this, but she's just hopping, like, very unimpressively off the ground. And then she says, I can jump to the sky! <laughs> and I, I lost it, okay? I'm just... Dying laughing at Starlet. Dada, I can jump to the sky. And she's just hopping there, barely off the ground. I just, I'm dying laughing. And I look at her like, You are jumping to this. Look at you. You're jumping so high. I'll jump with you. And we're jumping and hopping around. And, and it was just, it was hilarious. You know, tomorrow you're going to wake up. And he's called you to something tomorrow because there's something brewing. And you know in your heart that it's all in his hands, but he's calling you to, to, with all that you've got, offer yourselves to him and dig in and strive and go to work. And you know what all of those efforts are? You're looking up to God and you're saying, look, Dada, I'm jumping up to the sky. Look at me with all my efforts. And you know what his response is going to be? He's not going to be like, you're barely getting off the ground. He's going to look at you. He's going to throw his head back laughing and like, you are, look at you. I love your efforts. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to, let's jump together. Because he looks at you. He is full of delight looking at his child that he loves. He's got nothing but enjoyment and love for you because he is your father and you are his child that he delights in. And so with all the peace in our hearts, no matter what the circumstances that make this peace not understandable, I'm going to give it everything I've got for my father. And he's going to look down with just delight and laughter on his face and say, let's do this together. But no, I've got it all in my hands. Can I pronounce a blessing over you? Christian, grace and peace be with you. Some of you may be here and the honest reality of your soul is that you're not in the grace of God. And I say this to you out of love, not out of condemnation, because all of us start not under the grace of God. And so the honest reality is where you're at, is is where every one of us start. We stand before God and we deserve his wrath. And so some of you are here and you're standing before God and you deserve justly the punishment for your sin like all of us do. But please hear this message of love that's freely offered you this morning. It's grace. It's that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. He took all the wrath that you deserve and God's going to pour his grace and forgiveness on you. And God says, it's a free gift. I'm just saying, believe. he just offers you to believe in Jesus. Put your faith on Jesus on the cross, his death and his resurrection. Say, I believe he died for my sins and I believe that he rose again from the dead to purchase eternal life for me. You say, I believe in that and I put my faith in that. And if you do that, 
once for all, you'll be in the grace of God and you'll be his precious child that he delights in. I want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus this morning, to just say, I believe in Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If this morning you're saying, I I want to put my faith in Jesus, I want to experience the grace of God, I want to lead you just in a simple prayer. There's nothing magical about this prayer. It's not a mantra. It's just beginning that relationship. It's an opportunity for you to declare that you believe in Jesus. If that's you, would you just pray this simple prayer right there in this quiet moment between you and God? Just pray it in your heart to God. Say, God, thank you for saving me from my sin. Thank you for pouring your grace out on me and giving me the confidence that I can have peace through this life. Thank you for what you did to save my soul. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again from the dead. And I know that I'll spend eternity with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at westpines.org. If you'd like to speak with someone about beginning a relationship with Jesus or ask any questions you have about this teaching, please call at 954-432-0321 or you can email us at podcast at westpines.org.